Welcome to Much More Much Year with Pup Duffy and Kara Lane, an Aunt Imagination production. Guys, I am here with filmmaker Jonathan Mum. We're going to be talking about some really exciting news. The Visual Vengeance releasing of the double feature Blu-ray, uh, Blood of the Chupacabra and Revenge of the Tu. Chupacabras. I have so much trouble saying that word. <laughs> For people that don't know, what is the lore of the Chupacabra? So the, the Chupacabra was a is a, a legend, I guess it's a myth in uh, you know, started in Puerto Rico and certain South American countries in Mexico. And the idea was that it was this creature that um, I guess we were finding a lot of farm animals that were dead and uh, drained of their blood, particularly goats. And so chupacabras uh, uh, in Spanish actually means literally sucker of goats. And so they blamed it on this creature that sucked the blood of goats. Now, uh, there's a couple of things. When I did, was doing research for the movie, the first one, I discovered that in Puerto Rico, uh, it turned out there had been a similar type of series of incidents like that that had happened some years before. Uh, that they blamed on a creature they called at the time the mocha vampire. And uh, then now, you know, years later, this is happening. And I guess the younger generation not um, being as knowledgeable of the old legends as maybe they should have been, gave it a gave it a new name. Well, maybe, you know, for modern times, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be new. So anyway, they call it the Chupacabras. And, and that is actually why in in our first script, our first movie we refer to the creature as perhaps having been what they had called the mocha vampire. So it, it, the legend is that it's some sort of a vampiric wild animal or creature. Right, exactly. And of course, uh, you know, in the movies, it doesn't just harm goats. It goes after other things besides farm animals. Uh, when it gets really hungry, of course, in our movie, it goes after human beings. And right. uh, and then there are other theories, too, that maybe it was a uh, creature from outer space or uh, a pet that had been left behind by a creature from outer space. So there's all kinds of interesting things. I first learned of it with an editorial that was in our uh, in the Sacramento Bee. I was living in Sacramento. It had actually been uh, reprinted from The New York Times. And uh, I was immediately fascinated with the whole idea because I'd always been a horror movie buff. And I thought, well, gosh, here's a monster that, that nobody knows about. If we made a movie about it, you know, we could be the first one with a movie about the Chupacabras. So uh, that's what kind of got me interested in making the movie in the first place. My brain does this weird uh, cross referencing when I think chupacabra I see a capybara so, <laughs> so that's what I've always pictured I'm imagine this you know piggish you know <laughs> right 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 that's uh, crazy well speaking of films how did you get into film well I'd actually uh I, I had worked in radio and TV when I was in uh, college and right after college, but I'd always wanted to be a filmmaker. And I had an uncle who was an actor, uh, Claude Akins, and he um, in, invited me out to Hollywood, said he'd uh, introduce me to various people. And so I went out there and I spent about five years out there and I did, I did some things. I lead roles in industrial films and I had uh, uh, smaller parts in regular movies or TV shows really. And uh, 
And my, my big break, it seemed, was coming when uh, I was making a living doing voiceovers. Not a great living, but I was, I was paying the bills. Uh, at least I, I didn't have that year that I first got married. I didn't, I didn't have to play Santa Claus at the Northridge Fashion Mall anymore, which I had done the year before. Uh, but there was a place called Brookside Winery, and they, were, they were, had never advertised. And they decided they were going to try out some, uh, some advertising. And so I was hired to do six commercials for them, radio ads. And so I did the six commercials and the production company that I worked with, you know, uh, the idea was that if their sales went up at all, then they would, um, uh, they would hire me to be their spokesman and they would hire the production company to, to uh, they'd be a client for the production company in creating the spots. So we did it. The sales went up 14%. And uh, we thought, okay, good. They're going to call us down. We're going to start our day jobs. And that call never came. And we're waiting and waiting and wondering. And one day I'm driving home and I've got the radio on. And here's a commercial for Brookside Wine. But it's voiced by none other than Vincent Price, the uh, movie star and art connoisseur and whatever. So I figured that they figured well, heck, if sales would go up uh, with a nobody, what if we had a somebody? So it was about that time that I decided I, I wasn't getting anywhere in Hollywood. So I left and I went to work in television in, uh, in Sacramento. And when the news director found out of my Hollywood background, then they wanted to use me in that regard. Uh, so I became their movie critic and uh, did all their entertainment stories and, and things like that and spent a lot of time uh you know on movie sets and movie junkets and that that kind of thing um one funny story i should say is i i was on the wheel of fortune uh, soundstage so often that one day i i arrived and vanna white said to me oh jonathan it, it's so good to see you and i i said you know i think i know you and pat well enough that i could invite you guys home for dinner and pat said not so fast jonathan so but anyway, it was a lot of fun. Well, I mean, if you have to lose your job to somebody, Vincent Price. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're right. How can I? I mean, I, could, I, I couldn't complain about that. Besides, it makes a great story. <laughs> right. I mean, you'd hate to lose it to a lesser known nobody. <laughs> that, that's true. That is true. <laughs> well, that's amazing. And, and I've heard that so often. Uh, filmmakers, they're like, oh what I was searching for. It wasn't there. I wasn't getting, you know, through the door. So I decided to do it myself. And it's, it's so funny that you're like, screw you guys, I'm going to go do something else. And then they're like, Oh, Hey, you've got that experience. Yeah, I want you to. That. <laughs> that is true. That is true. That's funny. So I have a, um, a, a question of a, about a direction that you went in with the second film. Uh, Wings, wings on the chupacabra. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, we wanted it to, uh, we wanted it to fly and do all kinds of, of things. I'll, I'll tell you the reason that the chupacabra looks like it does in the second film is because our first distributor, who had bought the first film, when they put it out, they changed the title. Our original title was Blood of the Chupacabras on their first movie, but when they put it out, they called it Bloodthirst: Legend of the Chupacabras. And they created a creature that they put on the cover that was a really fierce looking, uh, you know, horrible looking monster uh, that could do some mayhem. And, and so people renting the DVD, I think, thought that they were going to see a real gory 
modern day horror film. But our whole point in making that first one was not to do that. We were trying to uh, have a throwback like to the old Roger Corman 1950s monster movies that you'd see at the drive-in. So our monster wasn't quite so fierce. So what we did with the second one is we just tried to make it look like the picture that they put on the, on the, uh, on the, on the cover of the first DVD. But yeah, the fact that it, it flies, I mean, uh, that's part of the legend too, though, that there are some that, that, that say it flew. So we included that. I threw everything in. I didn't know that, that some of them could fly. That just adds an extra level of horrifying <laughs> to, the, right. to the whole. And so it was kind of like some forced creativity right. with them doing what they did, forcing you to, to maybe go out a little bit, uh, you know, go out on a limb, no pun intended, right. to end on the creature. That's crazy. So it is going to be available September 27th, and it's going to be a double feature Blu-ray, which is really cool. Over the past couple of years, there's been such a decrease in like physical, tangible DVDs and things like that. Right, it's true. There's been so many films that have come out, even just in the independent, you know, film world, that everything's getting streamed, which is great. Mm -hmm. You don't have to take up a lot of space. But there's, you know, there's movie nerds, there's people, uh, you know, that, that don't want to be pulled, dragging, you know, dragged, kicking and screaming into the, <laughs> into the future. Right. People like to have those, those physical copies. So where can, where are people going to be able to get them? Can they order them from a website or? Yes. Uh, and in fact, that's, that's interesting that you asked that question, because to be honest, I don't really know, but I have seen it advertised. Uh, um, uh, Screen Anarchy had a ha, had it uh, listed, and um, I'm trying to think of the other ones too. There's a there's there's a, there are a number of websites, and you can even order it from Amazon, and uh, and and it's it they, they talk about it right now, even though it's not um, you know quite released yet. You can still go to Amazon and order it if you wanted to uh, early. Um, uh, yeah, so so it 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 is out there, and it and it's really easy, easily found, which. I'm very happy about. <laughs> That's definitely something to be to be happy about. And it's only a few days away. It's only like four days away that people can start bringing it home That's and right. yeah, being horrified yeah. from. So what's up next for you, Jonathan? So I don't uh, I don't really know. We I am working on a on a script that we're hoping to do. I have a, uh, a friend of mine who uh, uh, he wrote a book called uh, Booze, Broads, and Blackjack, which probably isn't really very politically correct. But anyway, that's what he called the thing. And uh, I had also written a book at the same time called Stop It, You're Scaring Me. And we were appearing together at book fairs and like the uh, the Los Angeles uh, uh, book uh, book fair. And, and we were in Bakersfield appearing together, he with his book and I with mine. And a producer... Uh, what he was doing in Bakersfield, I guess they live up there. Anyway, he comes by, he was really taken with Carl's book and they ended up making a movie uh, out of it. And uh, Carl even gave me a, a small part in the film. I show up as a, as an announcer in the, uh, in the casino blackjack tournament. But anyway, um, so he, he's interested in doing, in doing uh, another film. And so we're working on a, on a script there, which I hope we can, uh, we can pull off. Uh, but otherwise, uh, right now to pay the bills, I actually make um, industrial uh, or rather educational and rehabilitative films for the California Institution for Women, which is a women's prison 
in uh, Chino. <laughs> so, so uh, well, that's, that's, that, that's my day job. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it pays the bills, but it also has to be fulfilling as well. Well, actually it is. And uh, it's very interesting because before I got the job, I really didn't think of people in prison in any other way other than, you know, you commit a crime, you go to prison. But you work in a prison and you meet these people and you, you find out there's a lot more, a lot more to, to it for a lot of them. And, uh, and I, I work with them. I have uh, three clerks who work with me, who I teach how to use the camera, how to edit and, and that sort of thing. And uh, they're making uh, videos, you know, so, um, so that is, it, it is very fulfilling. I, I feel in a way, uh, you know, that I'm, I'm giving something back. I'm, I'm, I'm helping out in a small way. That's just amazing to hear because you're right. I think a lot of times people are stigmatized and there's more to the story. Right. So, right. It's true. it's true. So everybody be on the lookout for the double feature Blu-ray blood of the Chupacabra revenge of the Chupacabras. And also check you out and booze broads and blackjack. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not fussy. I don't mind it. Broads. I know some people might be like, oh, we're ladies. You know what? Sometimes we're broads. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking your time and talking to me. Where can, can people follow you on social media? Do you have a website? Um, I, I do. Uh, I have the, the, uh, the website that actually is for the book. It's called uh, scaremebook.com. And, uh, and then I am going to put out a website. I've actually got the domain name, but it's not up yet, but it's going to be called shootingchupacabras.com. And uh, that is because I'm, I'm actually uh, writing a book now, too, about the making of those films and, and, and all the crazy things that happened because it was, it, it was a crazy adventure, uh, both of them. <laughs> you might not be done with the chupacabras yet, huh? Might not be. <laughs> might not be. <laughs> Keep your, keep your eyes peeled and your necks covered because you don't want to get there your you blood. <laughs> thank you so much. And you have a wonderful night. Okay. You too. And thank you. Thank right. you very much. Thanks for having me on your program. Oh my God. Absolutely. Thank you. you All right. Bye now.